It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. What it is, welcome to another exciting adventure of Tyrus and the Wise Men. Uh, we have cut it down. We've got Aaron, or Aaron, and uh, the, the one and only Jeezy. You. What it is, fellas, what do y'all feel like talking about today? I mean, we had such a vibrant conversation last week. I mean, how, how are you feeling, first of all? How, how are you doing with everything, with the live shows, with... Where are your heads at now? What's going on? Ah, oh, man, I'm master just... Master manipulator. I'm, I'm killing hey, it. Well, I, you know what? How, how was your week, Jeezy? How are you doing my before week, we get into uh, that? My week was good. My week was good. I'm doing pretty good, you know. Um, doing everything I can to stay positive. You know? So I'm good. I'm good. You definitely are killing it out there in the world, though. Yeah, I like that. I'm doing all right. Aaron, your week was good. Yeah, I was actually, uh, I went to New York on Monday. I flew in and out the same day, had a personal appearance. Um, actually got a, a bit of inside information that uh, it was volunteered to me uh, about my time in the WWE that I just kind of thought, huh, well, that's cool. Um, one of the guys that was doing the signing said he had a friend that worked in the uh, creative team, and, and I knew this person. I went, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah. He goes, and the house show reports, they would have to report on who got the best reaction. And it was all like, you know, they'd be like Cena, and then right under Cena, it would be me. And this was throughout the course of my career, I guess. And then it got to a point when they were really not that happy with me where a official, who will remain nameless, said, don't even write his name on the list. I don't want to know him. So that was actually kind of like, oh, good. I wasn't imagining all of the uh, – all of the responses from the fans. So that was just one of those, um, I call it a personal victory because it was like, okay, that, that actually did happen. It wasn't delusional wrestler. So that yeah. was, that was good. It was all that happened to me. You know, it's, it's funny and, and you can take it, you can take wrestling out of that. Right. And just in any line of, of whether it's a sport or um, you'll see a lot in, in uh, where, it, and you're not an aging veteran, but you'll see like a, a, they have a guy that, the fans just get behind. And maybe he's a guy who came up, you know, he wasn't a first-round draft pick, and uh, but he's getting the reaction. He goes out there and he does things, and the crowd reacts to everything he does, and he's special. But he's not the guy that they invested 27 mil a season in. So they have a mm-hmm. choice to make. Do they just let Mother Nature take its course and eat the loss and rally around the surprise? Or... Do what usually happens is guys tend to, if it's not their idea, then it's a bad idea. So if you're getting this reaction, but the, let's just say, for example, that they, they were really trying to push uh, Brodus Clay, right? And I'm the heel and you're the heel and I come out uh, before you do and I get a, I get a okay reaction, right? And then you come mm-hmm. out the next match and you get an unbelievable reaction. But I'm supposed to be the next guy. So instead of saying to me, Brodus, hey, uh, whatever you're doing, 
you got to be better because right now the the top heel on these house shows is Aaron. So he's going to be the guy that we're going to push at Raw. And, you know, for Brodus, that might suck to hear. But in the long run, he's going to be better because then he can either sink or swim. You know, like I always, I always believe honesty, being honest is the easiest way in sports. It's the easiest way. The only time it gets iffy is in sports entertainment because there is a simulated combat part to it to where you can, you can make up for someone's deficiencies with someone else's positives. You know what I'm saying? Like you can put a yeah. Shawn Michaels in the ring with somebody who's not ready yet, but Shawn will carry them through a match, and then someone will say, which I think is – I never – I always laugh when I hear five-star match. but uh, And then, you know, that guy all of a sudden, then you get – you know, and he, he works Shawn Michaels, he works Stone Cold, he works Undertaker, uh, you know, and he works T.J. Wilson on all the house shows. He's uh, – is it him that's getting better, or is he just surrounded in a situation where he can't fail? Yeah. I mean, and look, there's the um, there's the thing, right? And I I look to EC3's, you know, control your narrative, right? I mean, that, and that's something that we've talked a lot about, but it's also like it's what the big dogs do, right? They have their guys, right? And this could be in any sports organization, right? Where yeah. they have a point to prove. They have people that they want to get behind, whether it's because they've invested money in them or what have you. And in spite of whatever circumstances dictating otherwise or, or telling otherwise, they will control their narrative and keep going like they want to go. And that's just, hey, life ain't fair. But we all know it's not. It. And, and, and why yeah. And you're going to be on the good side of some and the bad some of the other. But, you know, you didn't you didn't need a guy on the inside to tell you that. I mean, I feuded with you for a year on the house shows and we used to get unbelievable reactions and Mm -hmm. you couldn't tell me, uh, especially after the Monday night raw with you and DX. And and it kind of looked, it was going that way. Cause I think you had one of the only heel matches where a baby face comes out in the middle of your match and you still won. Mm, Yeah. Remember that with, uh, it was you and Christian, which I was, and I came out to mess with you. That's right. And you just hit your finish on him. Hey, so you know what though? Plans change. No, no, they do. It's they true. do. You know, hey. and Christian's a former heavyweight champion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and at the time, he was just coming off that. So it was a that was a I thought that was a big deal. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. And you just you look at and the management. Did they make the right decision? Did they, did they? Do they still have their job today? Then you would have to say then they made the right decision, uh, even though the, their right decision wasn't the right decision for you, or or for Absolutely. me, or, or whomever. And that's the thing that people need to realize is that you could still be doing, and you did it for a while. Let's be real, we you did it for a while where you let those decisions that you had no control of control you 100% 100% and it will eat you alive because there's this is why I, you cannot fix what somebody else thinks about you once they made their mind up you can't change their behaviors you can't change their motivations you know but you can change yourself and when you allow yourself to get caught up on stuff you can't control like perfect example uh, 
Kevin Dunn had zero use for me. Zero. Uh, NXT, it was the first time I met him, and he asked, hey, what would you do if this wrestling thing didn't work out? And I thought, man, that's a really shitty question to ask somebody who's debuting on NXT. And I, I just said, I don't know. I'll always fi- I always figure something out. You know, and... Uh, well, you were right. <laughs> you know, and I was like, ah, I'm a star, bro. But I just didn't feel like, you know, getting into it with him. And, and um, not- go ahead. It, it, so- it sounds like um, both of you, both of y'all were like mentally strong enough to, to deal with like, Say like uh, one agent comes up to you and says, hey, this is how you need to be doing it. So you listen to that agent, right? And then another right. one comes up to you and says, what are you doing? Well, it, well, I was doing what such and such told me. It seems like you guys didn't like feed into the, what the you manipulation. Jeezy, what you just described is, a, is every Tuesday in the WWE yeah. <laughs> for a while. Uh, you wrestle for an audience of one. That's one thing you need to remember. If 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 the boss was good with what you did, the agents will be good with what you did. But what oftentimes would happen is the agent and you, who you spend most of your time with, is with your agent. And you and your agents build a bond, and a lot of times you get the same agent over and over. It's like a coach, you know. Okay. And then every once in a while when you move up the car, because I remember when I had a match with CM Punk, Arn was my agent. And usually mm-hmm. Arn wasn't my agent unless it was a house show or something. So – where there's just one or two agents on the thing. So Arn only, you know, when Arn handles you, uh, he gives you a play, you follow it. And if you right. don't, you, it, you you might as well show yourself out the door, you know. And um, and then there's other agents, and other agents will work with you, and he'll tell you what he thinks, what he wants, and he's going off of what they've asked for in the match. And, you know, basically how, how it works is the, you know, the – the, they have the meeting and they decide who they who's gonna what's over what's under blah blah how they want it etc. Then they go to the agent. The agent gives you that information. You come up with something and you give it back to the agent. And then his experience and wisdom will hopefully carry you through to put a good match together. And then when the match is over, when you walk through the curtain, if everything goes your way, you'll get a nod from the boss, or Triple H will give you a, you know a thumbs up or a fuck yeah or whatever his his mood is that day. And then your agent will say good, and then and then the really good agents will still find stuff you need to be better at. Like the coaching process never stops, uh, and and I, I can say that was one of the benefits of being in the WWE is you have the best agents in the world, you know, because they've oh, been yeah. there it, with hands down. They'll carry you through. They everything you've gone through, they've gone through it three well, times. Done. At that time, like, I, I, like you know what? Because now it's a little different, and, and they definitely still have some of the uh, the people. Are they? I think Fit is there. Um, but like, we had Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Fit Finley, Mike Rotundo, who yep. never got enough credit, in my opinion. But like, yep. you're right. Our agents, they were on point. Yep. And sometimes you get Michael Hayes, uh, and then you'd have Road Dog. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't th- I'm trying I'm sure and then steamboat for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like you can't. It feels like there's no way to get. It's hard to fail. I mean, way. you're gonna. But here's the thing: every one of those the guys will find uh, something you need to do better. But that's the point, right? You know, that's the point. And we had those types of. I, I prefer to call them coaches over. Agents, and I know we're forgetting somebody, but I know uh, when things were not going well for me at all, and I had 
pretty much checked out on the WWE, and they had checked out on me. Uh, my last match on SmackDown was with Miz, and um, they also decided to have um, Wade Barrett come out and heckle me, which a heel heckling a heel is never really good on paper, so obviously it was supposed to fuck with me mentally, right? But at this point, I don't think I had been booked in a minute. So, uh, and it was me and Miz on SmackDown, and it was, you know, DDT feet up something else, something else, something else, and you know, and and Wade's doing his thing, and you know, uh, and you do you do what you're supposed to do. Like you're given a play, you got to do it. And sometimes you're, regardless of your friendship. And Stu and I are, are, are we're friends, and whenever I do speak to him, it's it's love. And and uh, Miz, I've never had an issue with Miz. And so uh, when it got to the point where I was just like, I got was getting flushed in the ring because I'm like, this is stupid in my opinion. And maybe it was brilliant, but I felt it was stupid. So when Miz hit me with a DDT, I didn't kick out. It was, I think I was the last guy to be pinned on a DDT in, in, on SmackDown. And it was, I just didn't feel any reason to kick out, you know, just to feed up for another finish. Like, no, I'll just stay right there. Rolled out, went side entrance. And Fit was there when I came through, and he said, can't be mad at that decision. I would have done the same thing. You know, at that point, there was just no, you know, you just you just realize that it's not your time, and for whatever reason, they don't like you anymore. You know, and, and mm-hmm. that's just the nature of the business, and it's not just wrestling. Football, right. same thing. Like, here's the deal. What people don't realize in and what hurts their feelings sometimes is like when you look at like this year, guys who were that were stars last year, uh, Cook, mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott. Uh, there's like a list of guys that I was looking at today that can still play, but none of them are on teams anymore. And some of them mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl like three years ago, you know. And it's like a, yep. because the fans know you and love you, but management's decided it's not your time anymore. They've moved on from you. They're focusing on other people. And mm-hmm. and but the fans are like, but no, they, he's still good. You know, it just and that's just the nature of the beast. When they when your time is up, it's unfortunately it's decided by somebody who's probably never wrestled before. <laughs> you know, but that's just right. uh, that's just the way the business is. It's not. It's not guaranteed. And one of the things that like a lot of we see today with people is like just making it. If you're just making it, if you can get through that screen door of the millions of people who are trying to get there and then you get there and you're successful and you're there for a while. And then one day they decide that, you know, they don't see it in you anymore. It's 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 personal because whenever you're in entertainment and it's just wrestling, acting, whatever. It's your best. You're being you with different versions of you playing characters or whatnot. But it's the best version of you. It should be. And when they're mm-hmm. saying it's not good enough anymore, you're going to take that personally. I don't care who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it's just, are you able to take that ending of a relationship that you did not want to end? Uh, are you going to take that and make it into something? And sometimes it's more than just going to work for another company because sometimes you're just prolonging the inevitable. Absolutely. And that, that was the case with me, I think, because we're like, and, and you saw me when I was in impact where yep. 
like to a degree, right? Like you can go and, and the, the performance aspect has always been the easy part with me. You know, I, I've never had to worry about going through the curtain and not delivering. It was everything else, what, what it was doing to me as a person. And, um, you know, going to another company and staying in that industry, it wasn't the healthiest thing because that the industry was really something I needed to kind of like reevaluate my own relationship with. Because when one company gets you from another company, they're not oblivious to why you're not at the other company anymore. So yeah. a lot, and you're not their guy. They're bringing you in, hoping you can get their guys over. Let's just be, yeah. be real, you know. And mm -hmm. if you end up becoming their guy, great. But until you're their guy, you are. Oh, he has a name. Let's bring him in. He'd be good. Uh, we're building. Um, we're building uh, EC3 right now. Uh, yeah. A Sandow EC3 program. We think we can make some money with that. And, yeah. you know, so you put over EC3 and then afterwards what happens a lot of times is once that's done, they're done. But, yeah. you know, if you are valuable and you're able to turn the page and they're like, you know what, we need him here. He's part of our uh, – he's going to be a part of our roster. That's you reinventing yourself. But as long as you're still wrestling to – because here's the deal. You wrestle for the audience of one in the WWE, but once you leave the WWE, the audience of one doesn't watch you anymore. Mm -hmm. But you're still watching everything you do to try to show him that he, you made a mistake. And that's the wrong way to be because mm -hmm. they're not watching. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> they're not. And you have to be working for you. You have to find joy in what you do. And um, I know you struggle for a long time just because I think uh, probably in our group you're the most talented. And I don't have any problem saying that. Uh, well, you, well, you know, at, at wrestling, let, let's just say, <laughs> but, but no, and I, see, I, I disagree with that. I think we all bring different things. Yeah, but the you're table. the one, um, the one guy who is interchangeable with anybody. It, styles make again, fights, right, like, styles, personalities, but you're able to morph into the exact opposite, whoever you worked. And I think that's why you were able to work with anyone. I, I could not always work. Some people I just didn't jive with. You know, you still have a good match, but it's not as good as it could be, you know, because just communicating with each other sometimes got difficult, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so in, in that aspect of things, it's literally like if they came in, they said, all right, someone's got to be a leprechaun tonight and is going to wrestle for the heavyweight championship. But you need to look like this leprechaun has never cared more about anything in his life than this championship. I would look at you and be like, what? And you would be like, when's it up? And that, I think that's, yeah, well, the, I mean, that's, just more that's the difference conflict. between you and the rest of our group. When I say our group, I mean, like myself, Santino, if you look, you know, across uh, Drew, Bobby, um, EC3, Dango, you know, our, our era, our group, um, Stu, Ryback, um, the list goes on and on, but you would be the one guy to where if they just threw something on the wall, another a guy who could do like you do with to a certain extent was like a Trent Beretta, you know. Um, they just it, it just it just whatever you put them in, mm -hmm. they just yeah. find a way to make it work, and then you're like, why weren't you doing this the whole time? Like literally, someone would say, why was Aaron not a leprechaun the whole time? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like. <clears throat> 
with anything, right? Like we all kind of have our strengths and our weaknesses. And I, I think like if in an entertainment company, right, whether it's people that are on a TV show, cause it's, it's funny. And, um, and, you know, and you guys both know this, like how TV shows, there's a lot of similarities in terms of the behind the scenes stuff in terms of actors trying to get screen time. There's the politicking, there's yep. this, there's that. Um, so with, with wrestling, it's a little more immediate just because the nature of it, it's a live show and everything. But at the end of the day, I, you know, adaptability is something that like, you know, I've seen like, all right, you, you got to roll with the punches if you want to kind of get in front of it. But ultimately when your fate is in the hands of someone else, no matter how good you are at something, um, it's, it's not going to be highlighted in the best light unless, the people or person in charge wants it to be right. So that, that, that was a thing where it, it caused me a lot of uh, grief, shall we say. Right. right. And, um, and, and it's something that like, I know I've, I've been working through, or I, I think I, and I have worked through it now, but uh, there was a few years where I was just really kind of like questioning a lot of things. You know, I've had failed relationships and I have no problem talking about this on the air, um, you know, failed relationships and different things like that. And uh, at the end of the day though, the cool part is it's made me a different person and it's made me stronger than I ever thought I'd have to be because like with Tyrus, right? Like you've had so much adversity growing up in, in your book, right? Like you can't get past chapter one in your book and be like, oh, wow. You know, like obviously the challenges you've had to overcome, which which made you better prepared for the situations in not only in the WWE, but in life. Uh, and Jesus, same thing with you, right? Like you guys have had challenges to overcome and I'm not going to lie. I never really had that many challenges. I've never been cut from a sports team. Not that either of you have, but like, I've never, I've never been told no, if that makes sense. Right. right. In anything. And it was like in the, you know, six month period, like everything just kind of came crashing down. And, um, the cool part was I was able to kind of find like a piece of me that I didn't know I had. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a bit. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, I got cut. Um from injury i got a non-football related injury so i know the cut monster well but um you're gonna have adversity whether it's in the beginning middle or the end i think it's better to get over in the beginning i think it's better to have your eyes open in the beginning if i was to to pick um you know what i'm saying because you you're molded by it yes you know uh by the time you know you become a young man. You're, you've you've already seen the dark. So when the lights go out, you're fine. You're like I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. I've I've been through worse. I think when that's when you have that mentality, but you have to also be willing to own it. And I think sometimes just the shock of here's the, here's the difference between well, no, it's it's the same thing we see it with sports. You could be the best guy in the room, and Aaron was arguably one of the best guys in the building uh, during our time in the WWE. And he proved that on several occasions. And then they just decide one day that you're not, that you can't be taken seriously or 
you're not the guy because they so somebody decided who had never been in a fist fight in his life what tough is. Now, that's another thing that always made me laugh is when I would hear guys who clearly had never been in a fight talking about what it is to be tough, and it's yeah. not growling yeah. and yelling. I have never, and I've been, and I got street credit, and I've got a, at least 45 guys I worked with in the clubs in L.A. that would would happily vouch for me. I had never. In the BB gun incident, which is my favorite story. Yeah. Uh, had never been in a fight with a guy who yelled and roared that actually wanted to fight. It's the guy with the smile on his face when everyone else is panicking is the guy you got to watch. And I always had the biggest smirk on my face. I never worried about getting into fights because I grew up in an abusive household and I had feared a man that was five times my size at the time. So what the hell am I going to be afraid of you? What's the worst that's going to happen? You knock me out and what? Uh, but you know, you're a daisy if you do, but come get it. So I didn't worry about those things. And when I got to the WWE, I was always smiling because I did not fear anybody in that ring. I really didn't. And I used to giggle when I would hear the agents, some of the, not the agents, the writers and stuff, uh, talk about tough. And I was like, what you know about tough? What do you really know what it's like tough? Because tough isn't screaming and yelling at the top of your lungs. That's the scaredest guy in the room. Chimpanzees do that when they're nervous. A nervous guy acts tough, talks to people who aren't there. He peacocks. Do you want yeah. me to pe- you want me to peacock, boss? I'll peacock for you. But don't talk to me about tough because I had never been in a fight where I didn't have a smile on my face while it was going on. Because I was completely comfortable in my element. Let's do this. And so when I always laughed at like you got to be tough, and I thought, what what is it? To, what is tougher than a guy who you're in a fight with and he's smiling at you the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, pretty much. pretty much. You know, uh, the guy's got to go Super Saiyan five to get through a fist fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that just blows my. And I used to always laugh about that. And that's the easiest role to play in wrestling is the tough guy. And they all do the same yeah. thing. It's all the same tough guy. You can always tell a guy who doesn't really know what it is to be tough because he plays the tough guy. He doesn't talk. He stares at everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Tough just, guy voice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and like just me, stands in the ring with his hands at his side like a gunslinger. You know, you want mm-hmm. to you, you want to fuck with somebody in a fight? <laughs> When they start talking to you, put your hands in your pocket for a second. <laughs> like, you ready to do this? Like, you just mm-hmm. casual as it can be, and the other guy is so pumped up, he's so nervous, uh, you know, you're already in his head. Because, you know, it's usually with fights, first punch wins, and before the fight, whoever gets in who's ever head first wins. And, you yeah. know, it, it's just, it, I used to blow my mind when I would hear the the fake tough guys there's a lot of fake tough guys in wrestling. There is. I mean, because that's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. You know, there's, but there's fake. Uh, they're, they're everywhere. You know, now most of them live on the Internet. But, uh, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> I remember one guy was like, <laughs> was walking up and down the hallway talking about how he's going to whip somebody's ass. And <laughs> then he like turned to me and said, yeah, like he's going to beat up Hornswoggle. And I thought to myself. <laughs> and I said, "Are you sure? Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I my money would be on Hornswoggle. 
And uh, he was a top guy, but I just was like laughing because I'm like that. All the guys in the room, that's who you yeah. decided you were going to make an example of. But he didn't. But here's the cold part: he didn't say it out loud. <laughs> he said it to me, and I just looked at him like you know. I just did like the side look, like you gonna you gonna beat up Dylan. I was like, all right, man. Well, I'll swing first. Cause I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so like, all, all of us dealt with like a bit of bitterness in wrestling, right? Oh, you have to. That's part Absolutely. of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. So how deep? How deep was you guys' bitterness, and and how long did it take you guys to like get accustomed to it to not be bitter about things? And because I always had a issue. Not now, but I always had an issue with like bitterness, whether it was like a company. Not wanting, not wanting to uh, book you or whatever, and they and and it's like, like I've been through situations where like um, a person that makes decisions is like, yeah, we want to use you. Yeah, yeah, get, get contact me on such and such time, and you do, and they get radio silent. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then it like, sounds good at the you, time. Yeah, and, and you contact them, you contact them, and you get nothing. And it's like, man, just tell me the truth, bro. Like you don't want to use me, mm-hmm. just say it. Don't. You don't make me feel like there's a chance and then there's nothing because there's no such thing as being too busy. If you're in a position to make decisions, you're right. You're in that you're in that position because you can multitask. But for you to be in that position and abuse that authority, it's like it, 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 it's, it's messed up, bro. It's it's well, but that's the never, that's the type of men that you deal with is that they'll tell you whatever in your face and then go back and say no. When I'll be honest with you, I think one of the realest guys that I always respected in, in his leadership role, uh, well, there was two guys, John Laronitis and uh, Triple H. Like Triple H would just straight up tell you, like, it ain't working. <laughs> and, that's what, nope. and, and that's what you want. And that's what yeah, you want. Yeah, and it, it burns. I mean, my last conversation with Triple H was about, they said Trip wants to talk to you about the match with Miz, with um, – uh, Stu coming out, and I was like, "All right, bet." And I couldn't find him. Uh, and then eventually, I did find him, and I said, "Hey, they want to see me." He's like, "Did you have a problem with the match?" I was like, "No, nah, I always do business." And he's like, "Good, then we have nothing to talk about." That was it, <laughs> because he was done with me. And uh, oh, you know, there's no, I didn't have to go back and say, "Hey, uh, Hunter, uh, we good?" I knew exactly where I stood. You know, and it was a long cry yeah, you know from what? WrestleMania when it was appreciate you doing what you did for business, and that goes a long way here. You know, and even before that, we, was, we we had yeah. we drank Russia, uh, we drank shots of vodka and Russian together. So Russia together. So your relationship changes. But the one thing I can say is that I always knew where I stood with Triple H. So I respect him for that. Did I like being dismissed? My last match on SmackDown? Fuck no, I didn't. I was mad as hell about it, but right. there was no there was no confusion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wasn't like, gee, I wonder if Triple H is is interested in me anymore as a talent. He was not, mm-hmm. and so and and that's just that that bitterness. See, the problem I'll just for me, bitterness fueled me for everything. See, I did everything angry because I had to prove that I wasn't just some ghetto bastard from Boston that wasn't worth anything. So I was angry at everything. And I've used that fuel and it fueled me and took me a long way. So I was always had a little chip on my shoulder. And I think that's a good thing. The problem was, is that I experienced success my second time in WWE fairly quickly. 
I had got myself established in FCW as a big guy that could work, uh, could talk, could do anything I was asked to do. I had, I had Dusty. I had the respect of my peers. Agents would come down uh, and be like, hey, yeah. I mean, even uh, Steve Kern, who wasn't always a big fan of mine, came over to me after one of my matches and goes, you make a lot of money in this business, kid. Like, I was wrong about you. You know, and when you get an old school guy to change his mind, which doesn't often happen. Mm-hmm. So the the chip was there for a reason. And then when they changed it up on me and made me the Funkasaurus, bruh, bitter is not the word. I was I, I had I was within I had if I didn't talk to Haku that night, I was not gonna show up to Raw the following week. I had literally already called and asked if I could get my bodyguard uh, job back. I was that upset over it. And I told Haku what they were having me doing, and he's like, you got you dancing? Now, for those who don't know who Haku is, he's my son's grandfather, but he's also pound for pound considered one of the most vicious, toughest wrestlers of all time. No, I mean, I, I, you don't even have to say pound for pound on that one. Yeah. And... uh he looked at me and he laughed and he said, "It's does do, do they do they cheer when you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Let me watch it." And I played it back for him and he laughed and he was like, "Oh, this is great! This is great! You're entertaining, brother. This is it. You can do this forever." He's like, "I'm proud of it. I love it." You know, Dusty said the same thing and Dusty's like, "What? You think you're better than me? I can wear polka dots to put food on my family's table, but you too good to wear a red tracksuit and shake a little bit." And when, you know, when I got advice like that from guys that I respected and looked up to, I, you know, that's that's where the bitterness would have ruined my career. Probably wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, but I, I had enough common sense to be like, take my rage. And, and now if Haku would have said, yeah, I wouldn't do that if I was you, you know. Taker wasn't a fan of it. He told me to fall. I was like, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, but... You know, when the people that, that were special to me said, hey, we keep doing it, you know, then I did it. But that bitterness can it can inspire you, but it can it can sabotage everything you work for because the bitterness yeah. doesn't stop. Jeezy, it just doesn't stop right. at wrestling. It, then you come home and all of a sudden your girl, you know, she didn't text you and you're like, is she cheating on me? Of course she is because I can't trust anybody. That biz, that bitterness does not stop. It's true. It consumes you. And that anger you feel is in every direction of your life. And that's when you make the mistakes. That's when the side chicks come in. That's when the going to the club every night instead of getting rest and stuff. That's when, oh, you know what? Instead of lifting hard every week, I'll just take a couple shots and work half the week. That's when the the shortcuts come in is that bitterness. that And what bitterness really is is an aggressive insecurity. It's fear. Mm, yeah. It's one. It's oh, fear. Right. You call it bitterness right. to make yourself feel better, but it's fucking fear. You're afraid. You're afraid of everything and everybody because you don't want to fail. And that's hilarious because you have failed most of your life. You should be used to it by now. That's what I used to say to myself. <laughs> mm. uh. You know, and I think that's an Aaron. You had never experienced real failure until you, no. your peers considered you. You know, you were like the you're the Ric Flair of our generation. Just the difference is you didn't well, have the booking. I mean, the thing is, yeah. And then, well, thank you. I mean, uh, but like, 
here, like from my end, where I had a very different experience with Hunter, where when he brought me, and I've never talked about this um, publicly anyways, um, when he brought me in, I was very much his guy. He had uh, the original Sin Cara, who has, or was considered a flop at the time, of course, Hunico, saved who it. I think is one of the most talented people I've ever been in a ring with, uh, saved it, so like, good for him, but this was like the original version and, and i don't know if it was so much the individual doing it so much as the presentation of the character and then everything that happened with um with karma you know where there was a lot of money invested in her and then tenzai and i were brought up at the same time him on raw me on smackdown they invested all these money or all this money in his vignettes and everything yep and then they pretty much stuck me in the pre-tape room well in about two weeks i was you know to the degree of uh hated that i was shall we say people already knew who i was and it was kind of it was working and then hunter was very supportive and then one day i will never forget this it's like he just stopped yeah and i i couldn't get he, and he always said anytime you need to talk let me know blah 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 and i prided myself in being a low maintenance talent see what from my side of it okay you don't even have to give me vignettes just give me the opportunity to talk and watch what i can do I'm not going to be knocking on your door or, you know, have my nose up your rear end. Yeah, I was because low maintenance too. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't need to. When All you got to do is hit my music. I'll do what I'm paid to do to the best of my ability, right? And the thing was, like, when it stopped, I actually was kind of like, dude, what? And then um, towards the very end, when I wanted to talk to him, he blew me off about three times, which really made me sour on – him to be honest and, and he's somebody i i looked up to him since day one at wrestling we were trained by the same guy and he was someone i always wanted to model myself after and like he just stopped without even saying anything so the fact that he didn't say hey aaron this is what's going on like and, and have like that man-to-man discussion with me um that didn't sit well with me at all and and that just was added fuel to the fire because like I was in a point, Jeezy, where when I left WWE, I did not look in the mirror for a year and a half. And I was out in LA being an actor. Like I had to shave. I remember this. I would shave with the hall light on so I could just kind of make out. But I, I could not physically look into the mirror. And then one day I just realized, I was like, wait a minute. Like this is all in my own head. You know, I'm not going to rely on taking any kind of substance to mask whatever I'm going through, because at the end of the day, I'm better than that, you know, and and you have to realize this, right? We all do like with Tyrus, he realized he was better than the Brodus Clay character, right? He Mm -hmm. made that character work, right? And the same thing with you, Jeezy, right? Like you are better than dealing with a lot of these just idiot promoters who really only want to kind of serve themselves and make themselves feel important. Like, Oh yeah, I can get your book here. No, Mm -hmm. that's serving your own ego. Right. And, and one thing, uh, real quick, to cut, one thing about Jeezy, before you, like, when Jeezy and I first started working together, um, it was kind of, I just kind of stole him. I guess that's the best way to describe it. He, he, he did one promo with us, and I was like, this dude is money. Why, why, uh-huh. is, he, why is he not in more shit? You know, and I just went to Billy and said, I need to work with Jeezy exclusively. Trust me on mm-hmm. this one. Then Jeezy gets in there, and I and I was. Then he has a match, and I'm watching his match, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, 
why is he not doing stuff in the ring? Like, I'm asking these questions, and I'm no longer the guy who was like, I no longer have the chip on my shoulder where I'm like, I'm only focused on self, right? And uh, I went to Billy and said, hey, why don't you put Homicide and, and Jeezy in a 20-minute match for the, for the title? And he was like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? I said, just, just, just to pop me, just for me. You know, and then I get up, man, that was a great match. That was great, this, that, whatever. And it was like, but why? And my question was, why isn't the management here seeing this? And then I used him in my matches, you know, and I would even, I even mess with him, you know, because uh, I was like, because he had these tight white jeans on. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what the hell do you have on? And he's like, what, man? What, G? What? I said, man, that's not, what the hell, man? How are you supposed to do a drop kick off the top rope in them tight ass jeans? He's like, I'll be there. Don't worry about it. And I was like, bet. If you miss, you roll out the ring and you don't ever come back. And he was like, bet. I'll see you out there. <laughs> and we having a match with Scion. And the show as hell is I'm sitting on the ground. And, I, and here's the cold part. Because of the lights and it's that black studio, the old school TV studio, as, as I open my eyes, he's flying across the ring gloriously over the top of me to hit this drop kick. Now, I can't be sure, but I feel like he winked at me. And hit the ground. And then he landed. He's like, hey, you see that, G? You see that? I said, hey, man, can you get out of the ring? Can you please get out of the ring? And, but I was, you know, and I went, this dude's a star. And then, yep. you know, we started hearing the rumblings that he was going to get used by Impact. And I was like, why is the WWE not stealing this guy or, or NWA locking this guy up for a few years? And then you would hear, the, they would say things like, oh, man, his height. And I thought to myself, I had never realized the entire time I was working with Jeezy that he was short. I know that sounds stupid, but he was such a big personality in front of the mic, and he was such, and he was in, in the ring. Everything he did made sense. I never saw his height as an issue. You know what I'm saying? I never saw it as an issue. And so when I when I heard that, I was like, "Just say you've never seen him work. Just say you've never hear him talk because you wouldn't give a damn. Because if that was the case, Shawn Michaels would have never been heavyweight champion in the WWE because the WWE had nothing but big champions." Hold it right there. We'll be back in a hot minute. So for that, I think Bret Hart was probably the small, but it was Bret Hart. You know, he was ex- he everything he did. And Bret wasn't a little guy. He was a thick guy. Bret was like, what, 6'1"? Yeah, 6'1", 235. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like he was, you know, he's an above average size dude. He looked like he'd kick your ass and, and talk to you about why he did it. He was in that mold of the Bruno San Martinos and the Bob Backlund. So it made sense. But, you know, Shawn Michaels was considered a high flyer. You know, a tag team specialist, I believe they were called. But if you were to listen to that stuff, you know, because you could only be like pretty if you were superstar Billy Graham. You know what I mean? So when, especially wrestling, size doesn't matter. Sometimes size can be your your crutch. You know, the one thing about doing favors for everybody when you're six eight is everybody remembers that shit. You'll be going to get a coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. They'd be like, uh, "Where's my coffee? You're not getting it. You got your ass kicked by Miz last night. I'm good." If I was your size, I would have beat his ass. And I'd be like, oh, all right, man. I didn't write I mean, this I, shit, homie. I, I, I agree with you. The size doesn't matter. Like, it really doesn't. It really if doesn't. Your character, if your character stands out and over the top, that, that's more important. Like, There's a yeah. lot of like short guys in wrestling. They're I'm all short. short. I'm a side of short, but his character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Eddie Guerrero was short, but his character. It's like, what? Like, in my like, handful of times at Impact, like, 
my mistake was like I went in there just happy to be there. Like I don't want to rock the boat, brother. No, that you, stuff. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? And and because and because of that, it's I, I I wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? So I would get angry when I wouldn't get brought back. But then I'd go back on the indies and my and as I got more experience, my mindset changed from that I'm just happy to be there to everywhere I go, I'm going to own it. And then yep. what happened from that was I would get I would hear stuff like, Oh, he's hard to deal with. And the hard to deal with thing was because I wasn't one of those that guys. Was, that that is what they say about me wherever I go. Yep. Yep. I'm, I would get I'm that. fine hard, with that. To, I'm fine with that. He's hard he's hard to deal with because I wouldn't just blindly listen to the BS. I yeah, would ask questions. I, 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 you know I won't do and, stupid shit. And that's yeah, fine. exactly. So then it would so that's what I would always get. I would always get that nonsense. And like as far as like politics, I'm no good at it behind I'm not I'm no good at that behind the scenes political nonsense. You know what I mean? Because it's like it, it's it's just it's like useless. But then I see guys being manipulative and playing politics and they're the ones that like get all the get all the love, get all the uh, opportunities. You know what I mean? And then it's like there's a I'm like, there, man, there, I've, there's I've a in, hap- there's gotta be a happy medium in there. You know, you gotta kinda balance yeah. like, you know, they want you to go to the company dinners and, the, you know, everyone goes out and have drinks afterwards. And then, you know, because I never liked doing that stuff. So I normally wouldn't do it. Um, and I would was and Aaron would tell you I wasn't shy about saying I'm good. You know, yeah, but and, I, mean, I was right there with you. Yeah, I just didn't. I wasn't a, a people person. And it didn't mean I didn't love them. Like, I mean, Stephanie McMahon is one of my favorite people on the planet. I always thought she was fair, kind, direct, didn't take no shit from nobody. Um and I like that about her. I respect it. And I think you kind of have to be that way when you grow up in the business. But um, there was just some some people just they competition. Uh, some people can't handle competition. If you are a threat to their position or if you're a threat to their guy, then you're difficult to work with. If you if they give you a match that makes zero sense because they just want to try to make you look bad and you go, hey, that don't make sense to me. Uh, look. Let me find. Let me find oh, a different man. way to do it, and that has a lot to do with it. But you know, it, it got to the. Here was the thing: Jeezy got so good, I then I realized that him and I working together was holding him back. You know, and that was mm-hmm. like, and I was like, we got to separate. Not because I mean I could ride this, but I felt for his growth. You know, you don't want to hear. Oh, that's just because he's with Tyrus. You know, it's like no, no, no. Yeah. It has nothing to do. I, I, I understand that. I understand yeah, that. So that was just, that was not that was selfishly. Well, I would work. I'd rather just chill with Jeezy Hogan and had um, Megaphone Man forever. Jimmy Hart, he didn't need him, but you know, Jimmy Hart mm-hmm. probably would have been better served to be taking in young talent and managing them. He'd probably still be working if that's what Absolutely. he chose. Which I saw him. I saw him at the grocery store probably four months ago. While I was in Tampa. And dude, like, he still looks the same. Yeah, he doesn't age. You know, well, Heyman had that funny ass interview on ESPN where he was talking about uh, that <laughs> Jimmy Hart's still alive because God hasn't answered his prayers. I mean, he straight went heel. <laughs> he went one thousand percent heel. He said, "They said, well, because Stephen A. Smith." Uh, it was an uncomfortable conversation. I hate when people who don't watch wrestling try to talk about wrestling, and uh, that's oh, yeah. that's what Stephen A. and the staff was doing, and. But Paul Heyman did a great job. Roman did a great job. But uh, he had the thing where he's like, are you the greatest manager of all time? He's like, yeah, I'm the GOAT, hands down. And he's like, what about Bobby Heenan? He's like, he's dead. Forget him. Who cares? 
You know, yeah. and then they said, well, Jimmy Hart's still alive. And he's like, yeah, because God hasn't answered my prayers. So there you go. You but know, that's, that's, that's what wrestling is. And like, you don't think that Jimmy Hart popped for that. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent pop for that. And probably he's going to get him to show up on Raw. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, that's the thing where like people are just so sensitive now. I mean, it's just oh, like, the, 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 rest, the non-wrestlers like Roman didn't sell anything. Roman was playing his character. Like Roman has grown so much uh, since the days of FCW. Like he's just, he's playing with house money. Like he is literally a cat playing with yarn now. Like he, yep. he's having it his way and, and good for him. You know, it makes me yep. feel good that one of us rose above it all and became the guy, you know, absolutely. and, and absolutely. so you can't, you cannot be more happy for Roman as a guy who sweat and bled with him uh, at FCW, got to train at Georgia Tech with him, got to be one of the few guys, got to be some of his first matches. Like, could not be happier uh, for him. And at the same time, I took my ball and made myself a household name, so kiss my entire ass on that one. But uh, you want to see those things. But it's it's just – True talent shines through. Is just that wrestling is not based on true talent, mm-hmm. and that's the thing you have to remember. Mm-hmm. You could be the most honestly. T.J. Wilson should have been heavyweight champ. Absolutely, yep. No question. Yep. You know, uh, I still think Cesaro not being world champ was a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the uh, Sandow with the championship would have been uh, would have been a a hell of a run, and I would have been first in line to chase. Well, that's, uh, that's what I was told would happen, but yep. hey, we don't get what we're promised. No, we don't. But it's what—it's not what you do. It's not what you do with your success. And I'll end this with that. It's what you do with your failure. Mm. Because we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of guys with success. They're the coolest guy in the room. And then the day failure hits, they're not that guy anymore. And you see them for who they really are. And a lot of times it's a beggar up against a wall asking somebody to give them a break. And we've oh, we, we've all seen that, mm-hmm. and you yep. got to. And I remember saying, "That's not going to be me because I'm not begging for shit." You kick me out, I'll find another house to get into. And I think that's uh, one of the things that. It, and and Aaron, it took you a minute to mourn, and that's fine. But you've definitely, you know, you had that. You got the successful thing on Netflix. I think it's probably one of the most watched ever. And your scenes, you're getting all kinds of acclaim for it. So, it's crazy. Out of all the stuff I've done, I, I that has been, and, and I, I thought it was just a one-off thing. No, like I was like, all right, whatever. But like that has, I've gotten more recognition from that than any other acting role I've done, like Magnum PI or Better Things or even Midnight Texas. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. It's it, and it just kind of snowballs, and you'll be surprised where where that takes you. It just, I always told you, it just takes one. It's just when yeah. you get that one, and when you yeah, find well, that one. You know, and and GZ, the same thing for you. Like what, like I said, you're you're dealing with you're you're fighting the, the cancer battle right now, so that's where your focus is at. But when you kick out of that, you know, it's yeah, not the recovery. Yeah, the recovery will be here, and then yeah. and then once, you'll once it's there, I'll be back. Yeah, but even if that means no more bumps, you still no, have a no career in, in the, the business of wrestling because no one talks like you. Thank you. you no, know? bottom line, you're a star, and, and and Tyrus will tell you this. I don't really watch wrestling. I don't like it. Unless I'm doing it. I'm that yeah. much of a sociopath. But I told him, and this was long before you and I were even like really tight, geez. Yeah, was it, like, was like, it was like right in the beginning. I remember. I yeah, because I told you that. And I was like, bro, you're a star. Like that That supersedes so many other things. So Yeah, I stole him. As soon yeah. as I saw him, I was like, no, nah, he's with me. 
Yep. <laughs> my life just got easier. <laughs> I wouldn't even – Jeezy, you tell him. I got it. He would be like, hey, <laughs> hey, what are we going to talk about? Uh, man, I don't know. We'll just – it's an interview, man. Tell him the surprises. <laughs> Ask us anything. Jeezy's like, it wasn't till I- for real? <laughs> yeah. Not rehearsing anything. Let's just just let the man ask the question, Jeezy, and take it from there. And it wasn't until I got to NWA that, like, I realized how fun this can be because, like, no egos, a bunch of guys and girls knowing what they do. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't any type of, like, drama or anything, man. And, and, like, I've been in situations where, like, one time at ROH, person I was wrestling, they sabotaged me because they didn't want me to get a spot. It happened in Impact sabotage me. They didn't want me to get a spot. Crazy, man. And it's, uh, it's wild. Nah, because you know what the deal is, is that guys who, guys who fight to keep their spot by doing things like that shouldn't have had it in the first place, and they know it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's better to, like, not to be, if Triple H decided, hey, you know, or and here's the thing, uh, he's like, in a, when you're a coach, and you the office is selling you, you got a guy cut, and you got to worry about another guy, you're going to – the cut guy, you just don't have time for it anymore. It's not personal. It's just business. And I think that, uh, Aaron, is what – the one thing that I tried to remember with Triple – even drinking in Russia was business. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we don't play golf yeah. together. I never got invited to the house for the weekend. So it was always just business. And when – Absolutely. And when, the, when your business is done with him – it's just business, not personal. So that's that's the biggest lesson I taught myself with the WWE. It's just business, and it don't you know. And if and if I kept it just business, uh, I wouldn't probably have been as bitter as I was. It was personal to me because it was I was uh, loving what I was doing. But yeah, once you have fun, Jeezy, it's the greatest job in the world. Going up, especially with feuding with Aaron, whenever him and I had Mike stuff going on, it would literally be uh, like, "I'll see you out there. What you want to do?" Like, and it would just be popping each other. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. what it's about is you, you know, and uh, we got away from it for a while from the NWA. Literally, guys would go out there and like, what you got? At one point, I just threw a bottle of baby oil at uh, Johnny Curtis and uh, Jay the God now. And I was like, what do you got? <laughs> and they literally, the next week, next taping, it was a banana. You know what I'm saying? We were just doing things to like see if everyone could get it into their promo. And that's what it's supposed to be about in like one-upsmanship and uh, mm-hmm. beat that, follow that in competitiveness, but in positivity, you know. And uh, so that's really what, what the sport that we love is about. But understand, at the end of the day, it's a business. And uh, right. some, days, some days you're the prize bull and other days you're the quarter pounder. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where we'll leave it <laughs> hey, at. That's it. Yeah. All right, fellas, appreciate you. For more podcasts just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. This has been Jeezy, and make sure we get his damn Twitter tag right. Jeezy. Jeez215. J E E Z 215. This has been Aaron Nuff said. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.